Because he, in my mind and in my eyes and in my estimation, he has done me in some way that he should not have done me. And here's a news flash, that may be true. Sometimes people do you in ways that they hadn't ought to do you. It make, what does it do? It makes you mad. If you're a human being, it does. If you're, if you're flesh and blood, it makes you mad when somebody does you some way that they hadn't ought to have done you. We'll use different words. We'll say, boy, we got hurt over that. That really hurt me. It cut me to the bone. It really offended me. How often do you hear the word in our society offended? Everybody's offended. You know what the word offended is? It's a fancy word for saying I'm mad about that. That made me mad. The way they act, they say, that offends me. No, what it does, it made you mad. You're angry about it. Now listen to me. We'll say, hey, we'll say that broke my heart. And sometimes we've got a different meaning in that, but a lot of times really all it means is we're just mad. And God asked Jonah the question. He said, doest thou well to be angry? Now if you'll listen to me this morning, I'm getting ready to help some people. Here's what our flesh says. Our flesh says, Billy did not do me right. I am mad, but it's all Billy's fault. I am angry, I am hurt, I am offended, and I've got the right to be because Billy done me dirty, and there's nothing I can do but get even now. He made that decision when he done me wrong. Would y'all believe the Bible? Would y'all believe, if I just gave you the Bible, would y'all believe the Bible? Just let the Bible say what it says. All right, let's see what the Bible said. The Bible said in James 4, verse 1, From whence cometh wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence even of your own lusts that war in your own members? James said, let me tell you where anger comes from. It comes from within you. So what I'm going to ask you to do this morning is I'm going to ask you to do something very uncomfortable. I'm going to ask you to stir up some old things and I'm going to ask you to think about some things and I want, to, I want you to ask yourself this. Why are you allowing people in situations to have that much control over you? You ever talk to somebody and they say, oh, I'm over that. Then you get talking to them just a little bit and and you can tell them just about five seconds they ain't over it. You can say, well, they say, well, I got past that. But you just get to talk to them just a little bit, Brother Rick, and they can tell you everything that happened and what time it happened and what they said and what this one said and what the other one said. Why are you letting that situation have that much control over you? You see, it's up to you. That warreth in your own members. You can forgive if you decide to forgive. You can get over it if you decide to get over it. Or you can allow it to control you if that's what you want for it to do. But in my life, I would just soon not have things that are outside of my control controlling me. Hmm. Some of you have been through divorces. Some of you have family problems. Some of you have had troubles at church. 
I'd say in just those three statements right there, I've hit just about everybody in this building. There's that thing. Now come on. There's that thing. We all got them. Come on now. Y'all sitting there looking real spiritual. Just before Christmas, I'm, I'm pushing my buggy in Walmart, over at the Walmarts. And me and Rachel's going through the line trying to check out late at night. And I get over there to the line where I'm going to check out, and there she is. My old arch enemy, Lex Luthor. My Lex Luthor. There she stands. I thought about running over with my buggy. She wasn't looking my way. I thought, boy, this is a good chance. I don't think this buggy would do much damage, Joe. I thought, well, what am I going to do, you know? See, you can say you're over it. See, I'm, I'm telling you what God done in my life. My heart immediately sped up. Immediately darting my eyes back and forth thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? There's the, there's, that, there's the one. There, she is the one. Huh? I thought, well, I'm going to have to speak to her. Because if I don't, she's going to tell everybody I didn't speak to her. So I said, uh, how you? How you doing? Well, she didn't speak back. I thought, hot dog, now I can tell everybody she didn't talk to me. So I got in line. Well, she stood there, and she got the thing about, well, if I don't speak to him, he's going to tell everybody I didn't speak to him. So she comes over and smacks me on the back. And I turned around, how are you? I thought, ah, ha, ha. God brought it to my mind. He said, you ain't over that. That's been eight years. Why aren't you over that? Time to get over it, Bradley. Be an adult. Hello? Why are you still why are you still allowing that in any way to control you? I'm just telling you what God said to me. Why are you in any way allowing that to still control you? Mm. Anger. So God asked Jonah, he said, doest thou well to be angry? You know, there's a lot of people in the Bible that had to deal with anger. You think about Joseph. Don't you think Joseph had a right to be angry at his brethren? They, they throwed him in a pit, sold him out into slavery. And you know what Jonah or what 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 Joseph could have done? Joseph could have got down there in the jail cell, sat down on a cot, said, I'm mad at my brothers and I'll never get over it, and I'm a bitter old man, and he'd have sat right there and died. But before he I believe before he ever left the pit, he said, I gotta get over this. And then when it came back around and they stood before him, what did he say? He said, Hey. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I'm past my anger. I still love you. Think about David. David ran from Saul. Saul chased him. Saul chased him, David said, like a a beast out into the wilderness. Saul hounded him every turn he made. Tried to kill him. If anybody on the planet had a reason to be 
happy when Saul's report of his death came back to him. It was David. But you know what David said? David said of Saul, he said, Jonathan and Saul were lovely in their lives. You see, he didn't have any bad things to say about Saul because he was God's anointed. And David had learned to deal with the anger that was in his life. Now let me give you just a, a few things here about anger. I told you I was going to deal with that verse in the book of James again. Let me bring that back up. James uh, tells us, or rather Ephesians tells us, be, be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I asked Trey the other day out of the blue, everybody at my house says that I'm like a squirrel. I've just... I'll just, I'll just throw out thoughts just out of the blue. So out of the blue, I asked Trey, I said, when does anger become a sin? Be ye angry and sin not, the Bible said. So if there is a way to be angry but not sin. So I asked Trey, I said, when does anger become a sin? He had a pretty good answer. He said, well, when you act upon it. That's a pretty good answer. But... I believe we're just going to let the Bible say what it says. You know what the Bible said? Now listen to me right here. This is good stuff. The Bible said, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. That's what the Bible said. Are you listening? You know when anger becomes a sin? It becomes a sin when you let the sun go down on it. Anything that you've been mad at for more, uh, uh, mad about for more than 24 hours starts to become bitterness. God said, whatever you're mad about, you better take care of it before you go to sleep at night. Because if you stay mad till the next day, everybody in here knows I'm telling the truth because you've done it. If you stay mad about it till the next day, it's that much harder to get over it. If you stay mad about it to a second or a third or a fourth day, it starts to really bring in bitterness. It starts to really bring in trouble in your life. And if you stay about, mad about it months or years, uh, all of a sudden it becomes something that you can't hardly even get over. Uh, no wonder God said, don't let the sun go down upon that thing. Uh, get it right. Don't harbor anger. Don't sleep on it. Don't keep it in your heart. Get rid of it before it's too late. Bitterness has killed our churches. So many bitter people. Folks that are angry about things that happened 15 years ago and they never could let it go. I'm preaching to somebody. Just never could let that go. I was talking to a girl this week. She'd had trouble in her family years ago. And, and she said to me, she said, you know, she said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do better about that. And she said, I, 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 can, I can forgive them. But here's what she said. I just still can't forget what they'd done to me. And then she went to tell me what all they'd done and what they'd done to her was terrible. What they'd done to her family was terrible. It was a horrible situation. And boy, she was wound up about it again. And I remember it was the talk of the community when it happened, but it's been years. And she still is, she said, I just can't get, and here's what she said. She said, just can't get over But you know what? While she worries and frets, 
about what they did, they could care less. She ain't hurting them a lick. The only person she's hurting is her. Bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting on somebody else to die. It does not work out that way. The only person that you kill is yourself. So what you need to do is say, you know what, I ain't going to hold on to it. And some of you folks may be past it. Maybe I can't help you, but maybe I can help some of these kids uh, to realize uh, that it's best not to hang on to anger. You're going to get mad. People are going to do you wrong. People are going to hurt your feelings. That's life. It's going to happen. Don't Don't allow it to control you. Deal with it. Deal with it. If it takes going to somebody, go to them. Deal with it. Get it over with. It's always, it's, all, it's never as bad as you think anyway. Have you ever noticed that? You need to talk to somebody and you put it off and put it off and put it off because you think, oh, it's going to be terrible if I talk to them. Oh, Lord. But then when you finally bite the bullet and go do it, it's never as bad as what you thought it was going to be. Never is bad. Just get it over with. Get it out there. Don't allow it to fester. Don't allow it to be a problem. You see, Jonah, God asked Jonah. He said, doest thou well to be angry, Jonah? He said, is that anger helping you any? Is that anger helping you any, Jonah? Are you any better off because you're mad? Huh? Let me give you three things real quick about this. Number one, Jonah's anger was selfish. He didn't care anything about them Ninevites. Matter of fact, he knew what God was going to do and then he was mad about it when God done it. Nineveh was a huge city and as far as we can tell, and I know there could be some argument about, about the time period and all that, but let's just say this. I think we could all agree that everybody in Nineveh was dying and going to hell. Jonah was their only hope. He didn't care anything about them people. But he got all tore up over a little bitty gourd. (laughs) I see him now. He's sitting down and he sits down and he thinks, I'll just watch and see what God's going to do. Maybe he's going to destroy this bunch. Boy, that'd be fun. And he leans back, Caleb. God grows a big old gourd up over his head. And he says, boy, this is nice. Oh, isn't this nice? Then God prepared a worm, and that worm ate that gourd and killed it. Well, it's just a gourd. There was hundreds of thousands of people that were about to die under the wrathful hand of God, and Jonah could care less. But when the gourd died, he pitched him a hissy fit. You know why? Because that gourd was personal. 